When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Realistic Randy is one of the OG callers into Vikings vet line. And now, he's one of the biggest Vikings YouTube superstars on Earth. His Vikings pain is now your game. This is Realistic Randy Rants with Randy and Declan on Purple Daily and Score North. Realistic Randy Rants. Victory Monday. Again, I don't know. I don't. I forgot what a, vic- what, what a what a victory or a, uh, what a losing Monday looks like, Randy. Because we have actually haven't had one all season technically, because the Monday night game was to Philadelphia. So I have yet to come into this show this season with a loss on a Monday, and the Vikings once again figure out other ways to make things interesting. But regardless, we don't have to apologize for this. The Vikings no, are seven and one. Realistic, Randy. They are seven and one. And they are riding high in the NFC North. They got a big game this Sunday, which we will get to later in this podcast as well. But regardless, the Vikings continue to find ways to win, and they are 7-1. and one. Your thoughts, my friend? They are 7-1, and one, six straight wins. I can't tell you how fired up I am right now. <laughs> whatever happens the rest of the way this season, whatever successes that the Vikings have, Yesterday's win, that's going to be the defining moment of this season. The amount of adversity they had to overcome in that game. The officials, and I got to choose my words carefully on this channel. I'm going to say their performance, the officials, was absolute hogwash. And I get that it's easy to say, well, don't look at the refs. There's a lot of other things that happen. I can't do that with this one. That was incredible. Incredibly bad, anyway. The amount of missed calls, the egregious calls that should not have been called at all, and the referee, Steve Patrick, I don't care, he should be fired. He should do a press conference explaining himself. How the hell do you go? If you see the ball coming in your direction, yeah, this man had two, actually he had three choices. He chose the worst one. He could have moved left to his left side out of the way, or he could have said, you know what, I'm just going to lunge forward completely out of the way. Instead, he moved to his right given a clothesline to Cam Bynum. Are you kidding me? And they reviewed that play and said, that's too bad. Y'all figure it out. Oh, really? Okay. And the fake confidence from the Washington commanders, Taylor Heineke, after that play, they just said, look at us. We did it. We're balling. No, you are not. They had to overcome so much. And first off, Kirk Cousins. I've said for the last at least two years, this dude is a lot tougher than people give him Mm -hmm. credit for. The touchdown pass to Dalvin Cook, it could not have been more perfect for him. 
the drill that he took to the ground, the 47-yard play to Justin Jefferson. This dude is a tough-ass quarterback, man. And I'm going to stretch it a little bit beyond that. Team-wide, I've been following this team. I've been a fan of this team since 2000. Okay, so that was the year, the NFC Championship game. They lost 41 nothing. Jason Seahorn covering Randy Moss, yep. whatever. Since 2000, this may be the toughest version of the Minnesota Vikings that I have ever seen mm. in my life. Because what you see on the football field, Declan Goff, it's not fancy. It's not sexy. They just find ways, however necessary, to win football games. And you know what? This goes back a couple of weeks to your point. You asked a question to me saying, all right, listen, would you rather have old Kirk, who he puts up a bunch of stats, but the wins and losses may be whatever, or will you take this version of Kirk, statistically his worst season, in purple, but they're still coming up with wins? And I said I would take last year's Kirk because, for me, last year's Kirk on this team, they're getting automatic wins no matter what, but they're winning on a larger scale. But you know what? It doesn't matter. A win is a win. And this version of the Minnesota Vikings, I, I could not be more proud of this team. I'm so fired up for the rest of this season. They can take on anybody in the league. Absolutely. You know, to, to the Kirk point, you know, yesterday's game, box score-wise, again, wasn't pretty. 81 passer rating, that's well below league average. Uh, 55% completion percentage, that's, that's well below his career average. 265 yards is obviously fine. If you just saw that without the play, you'd say, oh, okay, not a great day for Kirk, and obviously a, a step down for what we're used to from him statistically. But this is where, and this goes into so many different sports and with analytics and with box scores and with eye tests, you got to marry them all together for the perfect, happy, loving marriage, right? Because if you watched that game yesterday without looking at really the box score, you would say Kirk Cousins played damn well. He was taking hits, but he was also making big-time throws. Even the even the INT at the end of the half, I respected it because he wasn't just checking down. You knew when he got down there, old Kirk would say, all right, how can I just not mess this up? How can I not yes. throw an interception? How can I make sure we at just get three? I mean, if we can find six, I'll take it. But how can I make sure that we at least get three? He threw one into the end zone. He threw a pick em ball that, yeah, I guess you could have made a case. It could have been P.I. I didn't think it was P.I., but I could I listen to it. I, I could okay. listen to the case. It could be in P.I. But regardless, you threw a 50-50 ball. It gets picked off. He performed, How he performed yesterday is exactly how the Vikings have performed all season. When it mattered most, Kirk Cousins delivered. Another fourth-quarter comeback, 10 points in like three minutes. Um, he stood in there. He took some hits. He still threw the ball down the field. TJ Hawkinson, which I'm sure we'll get to here in a bit, was an absolute beast. I mean, the dude's been here for 72 hours, and he has one of his best games of the season. Um, this is where you can sacrifice some of those statistics. And the I think what's so interesting to me is the Kirk Cousins stands, not even you know you who have defended him, but the next-level guys that worship everything he does always say, well, just give him all this and give him the perfect defense if he had the right coach or if he had the right line or if he had the right weapon, all this stuff. Well, all the stats are down. And all, I, the Kirk Cousins stands are probably, well, they're winning, though. Well, now, now again, everyone can move the goalposts however they want, whether you're the stand or, or, or you're, you're criticized for Kirk. How he performed yesterday was awesome. I, I, I thought it was really one of his best games he's had in his Vikings career. Phil said it was the best game he ever saw him play in his Vikings career. Maybe only the Saints playoff game is something could make a case that is definitively better than that. Um, I thought how he performed yesterday was, yeah, kind of a snapshot to your grand point of how this team, too, has performed all season. He makes plays when you need him to do it the most. And team-wide, the defense, 
They're playing as a whole. They are playing for each other. And maybe not just necessarily the defense, everybody. They're playing for each other. And I've talked about before how new leadership, Kevin O'Connell, he's going to be the guy that really takes into account the individual personality of each player, and they don't want to let the head coach down. Well, it's gone beyond that. They don't want to let each other down in the locker room. You can tell the camaraderie is super strong. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, can allow this team to overcome anything. Before, I was saying with the Bills game, we'll talk about that later. I was saying with the Bills game, I'll chalk it up to an automatic L. All I want to see is a competitive game. I think now I'm chalking it up to it will be a competitive game. There's no thinking about it. And if you can get the win even better, this team, and after every win, six weeks of straight victories for this team, damn near after every win, Kirk Cousins, he's got on the chain, the shades, and the airplane. (laughs) Russell Wilson, he's doing high knees. Kirk Cousins, he's doing rap videos and the private jets. It's great to see this. They are fun to watch. And I think they can beat anybody in the league. I think the adversity they faced in week two against the Eagles at the link, that's what they needed early on. And I think if you can find that bond later in the season to head into the playoffs, that's the way that you want to do it. Albeit they're seven and one. So what is there to really complain about? But the way that they've got these wins, it's been nasty, but there's still W's at the end of the day. So, Randy, also we were, we were texting some notes before uh, before the show started too, and you know, just play calling in general because it was still a murky game a little bit. Um, the the one play that honestly stands out to me, which is hilarious because it was it was in my nitpicks, uh, was when Cousins goes down and he has to come off for the play. So, you, so you bring in Nick yeah. Mullins. Okay, look, look, we already know that there's a timeout was called, so Kirk can kind of rest up. He's clearly going to come right back in. So this is a one play, one decision thing for Nick Mullins. Why, why, why in God's name are we doing a shotgun tight end screen with the backup QB coming in cold? Just, a, just a straight handoff. And if that goes Hand nowhere, I'll, I'll take it. Just a, just a handoff power run between the damn center and guard. We don't have to get tricky. We have to get creative. Oh, how do we get him off their toes? We got Nick Mullins coming off the bench here. Just hand that baby off, buddy. You don't got to force anything. I was sweating bullets the moment he took the snap. And the line immediately started collapsing. Like, if he throws a pick here, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna kill somebody. Um, th- there's still parts of this play calling that could definitely be tuned up a little bit. I think the aggressiveness from Kirk has been honestly very impressive. But there are still play calling warts and little hurdles that I've that I've seen so far throughout the season that definitely need to get cleaned up when you go into a team like the Bills when you get to the playoffs, etc. You can't really afford those negative and just drive killing plays. Well, shout out to Nick Mullins and the offense on that play. You should have handed the ball off, but shout out to the players on the field that executed it to where they didn't make that major mistake. I'm with you. I'm like, hand the ball off. Kirk Cousins, he comes back in after that play. Boom. Yeah. I think to some degree, and not even to some degree, I've been saying this forever now. I feel like those that are into analytics or just, they tend to overthink things at times. And I think in that situation, the players, they bailed out their head coach. But also to the head coach's credit, this is kind of going back and forth, but the scripted drive, the first possession, I mean, the Vikings, could they not be more on it than they are? I mean, they just march up the field. They scored a touchdown. TJ Hawkinson with the 19-yard grab on third down. He's going to be a nice weapon, especially on third downs in the middle of the field. That's what I'm talking about. But then you get the scripted drive going, you score the touchdown, and then after that, it's just, oh, what do we do here? And, and 
with Kevin O'Connell coming into town, I was fully on board expecting that, okay, Rams offense, we're going to take flight and just destroy dudes across the league. And that just hasn't happened. What is happening after that scripted drive to where you forget how to call plays? I think, I think so far, Kevin O'Connell, he deserves major credit for his leadership because the players clearly want to play for him. But as far as the play calling after that scripted drive, I've got some serious questions about that. Although when put in a jam, when you really need plays the most, Kirk Cousins, they will bail. He will bail this team out. Randy, what did you think about the um, the game winning game clinching situation where the, the dummies that are the Washington commanders uh, give the Vikings a new set of downs after initially kicking a field goal? And the Vikings basically decided we're not going to try to get six here. We're actually going to bleed down this clock as much as possible. Then retrust our kicker who has been iffy, but has been money all game. Um, did you like that decision? We were at. Uh, we were we were at first round here in at the at the Mall of America doing a watch party, and I would say the room there, who at that point because it's the fourth quarter and people have been drinking, was a little split. They, some were booing, some were understanding quietly what was going on, but some were obviously booing, saying, "Why just get six here? Just get six, and if they have a timeout with a minute and thirty, who cares?" Did you like the decision that Kevin O'Connell made to basically milk the clock and then only give Washington one or two plays? How did that final kind of drive for the Vikings sit with you? That was one of the most random games I've ever seen yeah. in my life. I was with it. it. It was too much going on to where, okay, even if you scored a touchdown, who's to say that the commanders wouldn't march back and have a couple of stupid penalties called against the Vikings to march back up? Quit while you're ahead. You can milk the clock, even with Greg Joseph and his issues. I will take that. That is the lesser of two evils. I was fully with it. My wife, we were watching that together. She said, what are they doing? Why don't they just go for us? You don't understand. The way that this game has gone, they're lucky to be in this position right now. I was all for it. Take the safe route. Normally, I'm all about being aggressive. Take the safe route. They did that, and they got the win. Do you think that there's a path here? I saw Ben Gessling of the Star Tribune tweet this out, that if the Vikings go, I believe, 2-0 and in the next two, uh, Packers go 0-2, and the Bears and Lions, I think, combined go, you know, one and three or whatever the hell it would be that the Vikings actually have a situation where they could clinch the North by the Patriots Thanksgiving game. I mean, it's clear that the Vikings are going to run the table here. They're going to, they're going to win the North. Is there a legitimate path? Cause this division is so stinky outside of Minnesota that the Vikings might legitimately have the North wrapped up before we even hit the calendar of December. I mean, technically legally, yes, but in the bigger picture right now, I know you don't want to, count your chickens yeah, ahead, right. but I'm going to say the Vikings, they've got this wrapped up right now. The NFC North is finished. The Green Bay Packers, how about it? I've been waiting a long time for this. <laughs> yeah, dude. I've been waiting for yeah. so long for this <laughs> moment right here to where Packers fans, it's about time you go through what the rest of the league, fans across the league, what they have to go through, I would say at least every three or four years where you right. got to figure out a new quarterback. You've gone three decades straight of Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, he ain't it. They are in shambles right now, the Green Bay Packers. They got stuff to figure out. The Detroit Lions, every year, every offseason, I keep hearing, oh, this is the year, the Detroit Lions, they show everyone how wrong they are. They're going to prove everybody just how great they are, and it never comes to fruition. And then the Chicago Bears, all right, Justin Fields, he's been looking pretty good the last couple of games, but too little, too late, and they're going to have problems beyond this season. I, I just, the Vikings, they are on not just this year, but you look at the direction that the Vikings are heading. I mean, the Vikings, they have control of this division, I would say, for at least the next two to three years. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm I'm kind of maybe not taking too much bites of the apple, but you know Justin Fields maybe is being schemed a little bit better here, and Poles has a long term plan. It wasn't about 2022 obviously being competitive with them. Um, they still have like 110 million in cap space even after getting uh, Chase Claypool at the deadline. So they they have they could pop up, but I don't know how sustainable it is with just how murky Justin Fields can be. The Vikings legitimately might have a stranglehold on this division for three to five years. A stranglehold, not just, oh, they, they should be the favorites. No, they should be able to squeeze the life out of it for the next three to five years with how bad the Lions are just going to be, unless unless they get Bryce Young and he just lights it up and saves them. I don't know if that's going to be the case. But the Packers are heading towards a, a spiral downhill, which I can't wait to see. The Bears, it's too unknown, and the Lions are always going to be the Lions. The Vikings are in prime position here. Whether they stick with Kirk for five more years or one more year, I think the Vikings are in prime position with their personnel and with their coaching and with how great Kwesi has been just here in, in the first nine months on the job, that this is going to be something that runs through Minnesota for basically the next three to five years. Well, as long as he can improve on the draft, Caleb Evans, he had a great play yesterday. But so far, and Lewis seen he's out. He had the, what, foot injury, the leg injury. So he's been out for a while. So the jury is still out. But as long as he can improve on the draft, bring in quality players that can really complement this team right away. We thought that would be Ed Ingram. That's just not the case right now. Unfortunately, I think you got to pull the plug on that this season, bring in Chris Reed for the rest of the year or figure out something at right guard, damn it. But as long as he can figure that out, I mean, the Vikings, they're golden. Uh, quickly, before we get into the, the Bills game and just uh, honestly a pretty daunting or defining stretch for the Vikings coming up with these next four, uh, we, we did touch on TJ Hawkinson early on there. And yeah, nine catches for you know 70 plus, 80 plus yards and uh, all the targets he was able to haul in. Yeah. Um, he's a freak, dude. I mean, they, they made that big deal at the deadline. You and I have, weren't even obviously able to talk about the trade yet. Uh, but that guy, I think, is going to be such a great. I, I didn't mean to use this word security blanket for Kirk. Because he's he's got big play and he's got yak to his game, so he's not just you know your classic Tyler Conklin or post post peak Kyle Rudolph where they catch the ball and fall down. Like this dude can absolutely hurdle some people and has some moves and some juice to his game. Um, but it just seems like with KJ Osborne, who I don't think I don't think last year was a complete fluke, but maybe he isn't destined to be the number two or number three wide receiver we thought. And if Adam Thielen just getting a little bit up there in age and just father time catching up to him, it seems like TJ Hawkinson becomes. Kirk Cousins' second best weapon in this offense. I think if there is any reason to hope that the Vikings, they can win by larger margins moving forward, it's because of TJ Hawkinson. Because up to this point before yesterday, they've had to rely on, goodness, Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne after Justin Jefferson, but it just hasn't worked out. I think Thielen as the third option is perfect for this team, but TJ Hawkinson as a tight end and as the true second option for this team, he's going to stretch the field, the security blanket, as you say, over the middle of the field. This gives more legit options for Kirk Cousins to work with because before that, it was, okay, if Thielen can't get it, are you going to look at K.J. Osborne? He's been dreadful this season. And I wish I would see a little bit more of the hype that was behind Dalvin Cook in the passing game. Now, he did have that touchdown yesterday, yeah. but I thought we would see a lot more of Dalvin Cook lining up wide and all this extra stuff, but we haven't seen that. But you know what? TJ Hawkinson, the big play ability that he brings to the table, that's going to spread the defense thin. You can't force on Justin Jefferson all the time because TJ Hawkinson, he's going to have single coverage when you do that. So I, if there's a chance that they're going to win by larger margins, it's because of that guy. This offense, the passing game, I will say, 
is a lot more balanced today because of the TJ Hawkinson trade. All right, my man, Let, let's get into uh, this week's game against the Buffalo Bills. So the Bills um, faced a little bit of adversity. They lost the Jets yesterday, and it sounds like Josh Allen's kind of playing on half of an arm, essentially. He's got an elbow issue. Um, and to be honest, we're credit is credit due. The Jets are a lot better. Um, really, really good defense. I don't trust Zach Wilson as much as I thought I was out of the draft, so they probably still have to find a quarterback of the future. But hell, they're also 6-2. and two. They're playing good football. Um, they beat a pretty good Bills team. I think at the end of the day, that also kind of gives Vikings fans and the Vikings team itself a little bit more of a blueprint on how to how to beat them. If Zach Wilson and that offense can go in there and score 20 against a really good, by the way, Bills defense, that it's not just Josh Allen lighting it up with Stephon Diggs. That defense in Buffalo is pretty damn good. If you, I think you're seeing a little bit of a blueprint that, yes, the Bills might be in the Tier 1 in terms of legitimate Super Bowl contenders with Kansas City and Philadelphia, but I think there's a blueprint on how to beat them. And yes, the Vikings have sweated to a lot of games for the most part in their 7-1 stretch here. But is there a path where they can go into Buffalo and win convincingly? I'm curious how that looks by Sunday. Convincingly, I don't know, but I think they can get the win regardless of that. If nothing else is pass rush, they're going to give the Vikings offense opportunities to get back onto the field and drive the score up from there. So Darius Smith, all of a sudden, Daniel Hunter is back yesterday with two sacks. You've got DJ Wanham, Patrick Jones, the second. The quality of pass rushers, edge rushers that this team has is incredible. And then Eric Kendricks, man, I'm telling you, yesterday he was fantastic. He can essentially be a spy, so to speak, at middle linebacker if Josh Allen wants to take off. But I don't even know if you need to necessarily watch what the Jets did and how they beat the Bills. I say play Vikings football. They're a tough-ass team. The Vikings are. Play to your strengths, the pass rush that you have. Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson, they're unguardable. And then if you got single coverage with Adam Thielen, go ahead. And as a third option, he can still make plays. But I think forcing him to be that second option before the Hawkinson trade, it was just, it, it was doing the team a disservice. Now you don't have to worry about that. I would also say if you can get the run game back in gear, it wasn't there yesterday. That can take some of the pressure off of Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins is playing on as as odd as this sounds and as this is, he's having his worst statistical year as a Viking, but somehow he's playing his best football. It, it's it's incredible in clutch moments as well. So as long as the Vikings defense can keep it somewhat close, Kirk Cousins he's going to give you an opportunity to win games. I don't think they're going to win convincingly. Before, I was like, all right, this is a loss. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's over with six games straight. Go ahead. Quit while you're ahead. Take this loss. Move forward after that. But now they've got a real chance. The, the Vikings, they've shown what they're about. They don't care where they are. They play for each other. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. It kind of reminds me, even though I was hoping to see this, this lights-out offense, these teams that we've seen over the last couple of decades, they just grind out nasty victories like – the Niners, or even, goodness, the Giants from years past. Yeah, This is a situation, if that's what it takes, especially when the game, when your game plan doesn't work. So if you're a juggernaut of an offense and your passing game is just not working, Matthew Stafford right now can't figure it out. Okay, what do you do? Oh, he, he crumbles. They lose games. But if the Vikings are consistently winning in nasty ways, my goodness, this is what it's all about, to where if they do figure it out, they're still figuring it out offensively. Right. Declan Goff. Yeah. 
It's amazing. So if they're able to do that, then, my God, the sky's the limit. Yep. Yeah, and I think just looking at the Bills here and looking what the Jets did to to Josh Allen, and again, we'll, we'll probably have to monitor as things go on if that elbow injury is, is going to linger. I think Ian Rapport had on Monday on the Pat McAfee show that he said it, it's nothing serious, so he might be, maybe he's limited in practice for a couple days, but he should play, although there is some delicious factor of, uh, number one, I want to play Josh Allen. I want to play the Bills. I want to play Josh Allen. I want the respect. I want to go in there and get the win. Case Keenum is backing him up, so there, there, there is some fun funness there. But regardless, I want the Josh Allen-led Buffalo Bills to prove a point. Uh, but the Jets, whose defense is really, really good, uh, pressured him like crazy yesterday. And throughout this season, uh, Josh Allen has been incredible against pressure. He, he's got great legs. He's, he's a brick house to bring down. He's got a laser of an arm. So even when he gets out of the pocket or if things collapse, he can kind of turn something into nothing. Uh, nothing into something, I should say. But if the Vikings have this same pressure rate with Sidarius Smith, and Daniil Hunter, I actually still like the Vikings' odds of forcing him to make a dumb decision. And that's that's what happened to him yesterday. He wasn't able, even when he was using his legs and being pressured, to create these magical plays, which he has been known for in his career. But I think if the Vikings can continue to dial up pressures and Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter figure out ways to get after Josh Allen, I actually still like the Vikings' chances of not letting Josh Allen completely completely run all over you, if you will. I think they have enough blueprint and DNA on defense that they can come up with a game plan to at least somewhat contain him. You can't you can't shut down Josh Allen because he's an MVP candidate, but can you contain it and can you absorb some of the blows and can you get after him when you have to? I think there is enough there from the Vikings' defensive side of the things to make his life difficult. The pass rush is going to be great to bring the pressure, but you also have to be able to close on that pressure and take him down. And I would say the goal should be defensively for the Vikings, two turnovers. If you can get two turnovers, no matter when it happens, you give yourselves a chance because that bodes well to give the Vikings offense another chance to either tie the game or extend the lead, wherever situation that they're in. I think they have the playmakers on defense to make things happen. You're not going to shut down Josh Allen altogether. And I'm with you. I want Josh Allen to play. I don't care about Case. I care about Case Keenum. He's great. (laughs) He did wonderful things for us in 2017. That's amazing. But I'm just saying. For the confidence of this team, I want this team to face all the adversity in the world every single game. And Josh Allen, if you can find a way to beat him, you can beat anybody. Get two turnovers, and you give yourselves a chance. I also believe, you know, actually, this Bills offense kind of reminds me of the Vikings offense. And look, Stefan Diggs is clear-cut one of the best receivers in the league. Um, he's already got 60 grabs. He's got 857 yards. He's found the end zone a bunch. He's a great wide receiver. And honestly, a, a juiced up Stefan Diggs against his former team, like that mm-hmm, that could yeah. spell some trouble. Like that dude loves right. to play pissed off, and I'm sure he's going to be juiced and ready to stick it to his former team. That being said, if you take away Diggs, like I know Gabe Davis has looked okay here. Dawson Knox is a halfway okay tight end. They don't have depth, in my opinion, of weapons. Now, when you have a game-changing quarterback off our point of Josh Allen, you can kind of make up for some of that stuff. If they take away Diggs, if they figure out a way to, again to limit Diggs, I, I I would dare the Bills to beat me with taking away Stefan Diggs. Like, can they find ways to get Gabe Davis for big plays? Can they find Dawson Knox here and there? If that's the case, if they take away Diggs, I still think it's advantage Vikings that they're going to be able to at least limit that Bills offense and contain it to a degree. Because uh, Diggs is really their only big focal point. They don't love to run the football. I know, you know, Devin Singletary has been a decent back for them, and 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 even. Obviously, Josh Allen can move his legs a little bit, but they're not going to run the football. They, they, they're not based on running the football. They love to pass it. So can you take away Stefan Diggs? And if you do, again, I think the Vikings have a good formula enough uh, to win the game. 
make him uncomfortable with the pass rush. And I don't think you can really stop Stefan Dix. If you can eliminate him altogether, the Vikings automatically win this game and they win it in convincing fashion. But I don't think that's going to happen. But what I would say is for the secondary, Stefan Dix, he's a guy who he loves to chirp at Minnesota whenever he gets the opportunity, <laughs> even though he's long gone. He wants to get back at his former team. And oh, if, if it wasn't for the Bills GM, I'd still be stuck in the soda. He tweeted that one time. He's going to have extra juice in the tank to really go off on this team. And he's going to make plays. You have to accept that if you're a Vikings defender. Don't let a play that he makes just debilitate you for the rest of the game. Have next play amnesia. I talked about that with Trey Waynes. He was one of the the toughest players I've seen put on a Vikings uniform because he'll give up a play one second and then the next play he'll make an interception. Yeah, He was a really good player, underrated in my opinion. But if you can have that that type of mentality against a guy like that, except the fact that, hey, if you can shut him down, wonderful. But except the fact that it's probably not going to happen, stay up for the rest of the game. And you know what? The Vikings, they can absolutely win this game. And I feel like, too, obviously, if, if, they, if they beat the Buffalo Bills, I mean, that, that's going to – not just because everyone kind of thinks the Vikings are this cute little seven and one and kind of a little bit of a phony fraud team because they've all been one score games and they've trailed in a lot of them and and whatnot. But I I think if you beat the Buffalo Bills, that's where the national attention comes from, right? Like now all of a sudden, even though they lost to Philadelphia, there's probably talking heads and there's probably national outlets that are putting the Vikings right up there with Philly. I think everyone kind of has Philly as a as a full legitimate step ahead of the Vikings when it comes to being a legitimate contender and honestly, rightfully so. But if they beat the Bills, man. It, it really feels like it's game on. Like, it really feels like, oh, this is something special. That kind of reminds me of when the, coincidentally, when the Vikings in 2017 beat the Rams. It beat Sean McVay, and granted, it was in Minneapolis, but it was number one offense in the Rams, number one defense. Oh, is this Vikings team really for real? Like, you can't win on defense. You can't really, you're not going to be able to contain this new hot shot in Sean McVay and Jared Goff's playing out of his mind. This will be, you can't control that, right? No, they did. They shut them down all game. And I think that was the game for me. In 2017, when they beat the Rams, honestly, I think right around this time, too, it was like week seven or eight, that I said, oh, this is for real. Like, this is, yeah, they got off to a hot start, but this is legit. They have Super Bowl aspirations, and they're one of the best teams in the NFL. I feel like we'll probably have a similar vibe if the Vikings beat the Bills on Sunday. I mean, I'm right there right now. I think this team is legit. They are true contenders this year. And to be honest, I hear what you're saying as far as if they beat the Bills, maybe they'll get some respect from the national media. Following this team for 22 years, I feel like nothing changes with the way this team is covered. They're in Minnesota, not necessarily the sexy market that the big companies want to cover. Every single time, whether it's Mark Schlereth before on ESPN or whatever the hell he was on, all these other commentators when they say, okay, pick the game, pick the game, pick the game. These analysts, they go against the Vikings. No one respects the Vikings ever. So even if they beat the Bills, I can see whatever talking heads coming up with some reason to say, ah, you know, it's it's fine. It's going to come crashing down at some point. It's the Minnesota Vikings. That's all they do is fall apart. I don't think it's going to change anything. And I don't want the attention. Not on this team. I don't want it. When it comes to playoff time where you have no choice with the rest, the only teams remaining to play in this season, okay, go for it. But for right now, I don't want the attention. And I don't think Kirk Cousins wants it either or the rest of this team. They like to fly under the radar because then when they do prove people wrong, it's like, we told you so, but whatever. You don't want to respect us? Fine. I don't think it's going to change anything. No, I agree. I I, I think uh, them flying under the radar too helps them a little bit. You know, Philly was kind of like that when they won their Super Bowl 
in Minneapolis. Uh, that yeah. that they even though they were like what fourteen and two all season, no one really talked about them. No one really thought it was totally legit. And then all That's of a sudden they, they they adopt that dog man, mantra and they're wearing the dog heads and they're barking and they're 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 having just fun. They're 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 not they're making fun of people not talking to them to a degree, but they're also they're tuning it out. They're having their own fun with it in their own unique way. And do the Vikings have something similar? Is it Kirk doing these hilarious dances on the plane with his shirt off, right? Like is it Kevin yeah. O'Connell firing people up um in the post game locker room speech and whatnot? So is there fun, unique ways that they can also kind of adopt somewhat from Philly in that run that says, hey, yeah, we know people don't talk about us, and to be honest, we don't care, and we probably would even prefer it at this rate. Um, it is really interesting. Next four games, I think, Randy, for the Vikings. This is pro- this was, even I think, and, and the Jets game makes this a little different, but when we looked at the schedule when it came out, we looked at the Commanders, Bills, Cowboys, Patriots as the, oh, that's probably going to be your toughest part of your schedule, right? You got, you got a couple of good road get- tests there. You're on a short week on Thanksgiving against New England and Bill Belichick. But now all of a sudden that Jets game becomes really important. I think if the mm-hmm. Vikings even go, because this is the good thing about starting seven and one, kind of playing with your house money a little bit here, right? Like you, you got, I'm not saying you can buy yourself a loss, but you have room to drop a game with how big your lead is in the division. Things are going good. I think the Vikings at least go two and two in this stretch against the Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, and Jets. And there's still a legitimate case you could make to me that they'd win all four. Maybe they lose Buffalo, but if you go two and two in this toughest, you know, quote unquote, toughest part of your schedule here, that's a pretty big win for the Vikings. I think they can go four and zero, mm-hmm. but for Murphy's loss sake, I'm going to say they go three and one. That loss, I will accredit to the New England Patriots Thursday Thanksgiving. I'm going to say short week. Yeah. I'm going to say that's the loss that happens for whatever reason, but I'm going to say they'll beat the Bills, the Dallas Cowboys. I don't believe in them at all. And the New York Jets, it's going to be defense versus defense. Zach Wilson, I don't trust him at all. <laughs> Sauce Gardner is having a really good awesome. season, yeah. and that's great. But we're talking about Justin Jefferson right here, and even still, we still have TJ Hawkinson and Adam Thielen after that. I think the way that this team, that they grind wins, worst case, they go 2-2. Two and two. But for me, I think they can go 4-0, possibly 3-1. and one. Yeah, this is going to be a really telling stretch here, and it's nice that the Vikings at least are home for that Cowboys and Patriots game. It's not like you're traveling on the night before Thanksgiving, on the short week and all that stuff, so that part's kind of nice. Even though, yeah, but you're on a short week, you don't got to leave your barn uh, for a little bit, and to be honest, after the Bills game, they don't have another road game until December 11th, so they're basically home for a month here, uh, which is going to be really, really nice, so... I, I think this Bills game is going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I I think this is where we get to really get and start getting not too ahead of ourselves in Minnesota sports, or as a Vikings fan, I really should say where we start believing before we shouldn't count those chickens before they hatch, as you said. But I th- this Bills game to me, man, like this is this was I thought an automatic L on the schedule when it came out, and honestly, I still probably thought it was an automatic L about a month ago. And now all of a sudden, I'm looking at it more, and I just think the Vikings actually have a case to win this game in Buffalo. And I mean, we did the schedule prediction again, what, last week or the week before last? Yeah. And I came up with a 14 and three record and I said, what the hell is wrong with me? But it's starting to look more realistic. And if they can get through this now grind of a four game stretch for the Vikings, the five games you have remaining, the only real and I get any given Sunday, whatever. But the only real threat that you have the rest of the way are the New York Giants at home. After that, you've got the rest of the division again, and then the Colts. I mean, come on. What are we talking? 14-3 and three is starting to look a lot more realistic yeah. than before. 
And it's, you know, I, I know uh, the Vikings are making a legitimate case to be a, a two seed in the NFC, which would be great because obviously they would have a, for sure the wild card game. They get out of that, then they're obviously still home in the divisional round. Um, and Philadelphia, I think, has like the easiest schedule in, in the NFL going forward. Um, so it'll be probably tough for them to completely leapfrog. But man, if, if the Vikings can have at least the first two rounds of playoffs run through U.S. Bank Stadium, and to your point, I think from last week or two weeks ago, that you want the revenge, man. You want to go back into Philly and potentially steal that from four or five years ago and just prove that, hey, no, this is that there wasn't just a, a bad loss in week two. We should have won that game. There's a lot of cases to be made that I could see it both ways. I, yes, I would love the Vikings to have home field advantage throughout and be the one seed. But uh, I also kind of like the idea of going and sticking it into Philadelphia and going to your first Super Bowl in over 40 plus years by beating the number one team to get there, too. Think of how embarrassing it was for this team in 2017 to go into Philadelphia at the link. You were the clear favorites in that game and to lay an egg 38 to seven like that. The fans showed way more heart. The Vikings fans showed way more heart in that game than the players did to get your asses kicked like that. The fans were taking beer cans to the head. That was so embarrassing for us. I want revenge. And then after that, they went to the Super Bowl. And whose stadium? Oh, ours. That's right. U.S. Bank Stadium. After they won that championship, Fletcher Cox said, I think it's safe to say we own the state of Minnesota. I want revenge. Go into the link. Embrace the adversity that is Lincoln Financial Field. Go in there and kick their asses. Take what's rightfully yours, your dignity. Go get it back. I want Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. Damn right. Damn it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Realistic Randy, man. Uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel for, for also some Vikings entertainment. Uh, before we wrap up here, any other uh, observations in the NFL? Did you, did you see the Colts news from today? <laughs> you saw it, right? I know. Jeff Saturday? Jeff Saturday! Oh, God. That means, all right, that means, I mean, goodness, the Colts record right now, because the Vikings, they play them later, they are 3-5. and five. This says to me, it's over. Tank the rest of the way. There's right. no way Jeff Saturday can bring us back out of hell. Tank the rest of the way. Get the highest pick possible. Because you are, you either will lose the locker room after this, or it's already gone. So what's the point of even trying? <laughs> Jeff Saturday, that's amazing, dude. It, it like if uh, when when the Panthers blew out Matt Rule, like why why did the mm-hmm. Panthers go hire like Jake Delhomme at that point and just you know just like you're gonna hire someone with just I don't know if Jake Delhomme has had any coaching experience, so I don't mean to speak. As a as a Panthers fan here, but it just it was amazing to me that they just said, "Yeah, we're going to give a guy who has no NFL or college coaching experience. He was coaching a high school ball, I think, in Atlanta or in Georgia somewhere, and they're just going to roll with that." I mean, yep. the Colts have been this weird, dysfunctional, strange organization that even even during the Andrew Luck years, for God's sakes, and now it's just I don't I have no idea what they're trying to do here. It's a very interesting move for them just to go to Jeff Saturday. That franchise is actively burning to the ground. And to your point, the Carolina Panthers, if they wanted to make a similar transition like the Colts just did, yeah, I got the perfect candidate for you. Okay, None other than Matt Khalil. Bring him back to Carolina <laughs> where he absolutely thrived as a player. Yeah, And if you really want to take it out, Matt Go Khalil for it. is your guy. Go it's for amazing. it. Oh, my God. It's awesome. 
Uh, this is Realistic Randy Rants on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Hit Again, hit the subscribe button right here for Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. Also hit the subscribe button on Realistic Randy's YouTube channel for some great Vikings content as well. Uh, you know, like I told you, Randy, off the top, you haven't had a, uh, a, a, a non-victory Monday yet this season. And I think when we talk next week, hopefully we're talking about a, a big win for the Vikings after going to the Bills and shocking the world. So fingers crossed. Um, yep. hit, again, hit the subscribe button, Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. We'll be back next Monday. School. Hey, Nissan, how do you get to the top? Calculating. Proceed to 1959. Take a hard left in East Africa at the 71 Safari Rally. Veer right for 19 off-road championships in the Baja Desert. Proceed towards Moab. Take the trail to Hell's Revenge. Include steep incline. Continue for the next million miles. Um, where to first again? 60 years, millions of miles, and the capability to take you anywhere. This is the new Nissan.